York Post is reporting that Saudi operatives were listened to music while they dismembered that dude. Yeah, Captain Bonesaw. Hey, put on some good music for what's some good uh, dismembering a body music? Barbaric, upbeat. This doesn't have to be a, a toil. Hmm. Come on, let's turn this into a party. Just everybody. not country. Oh, stop it. Yeah, they uh, they say that the, one of the Saudi operatives who was uh, the the uh, medical examiner said, "I always put in earbuds to do this sort of thing. We ought to listen to music." But again, that's the post from. Sources who have heard the Turks' recordings allegedly of what that happened uh, of what happened uh, during the uh, the incident, mm. whatever happened. I I don't know that you can trust. Well, I I do know that you cannot trust the Turks. That's not to say everything they say is a lie. But the Washington Post, citing an anonymous source who has to be a Turkish authority or somebody who's heard the tape, that just I don't know. That's not much to go on. Honestly, and again, I've been following the story of the disappeared Saudi journalist and the 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 claims, the stories, the narratives that are being offered up very widely. I I must be missing something because I just think there's this is a huge worldwide overreaction to this. Once I found out who the guy was and what he is about, I mean, you know, he he was he was a player in the whole game also. And Here's some great the other anal- side got more power, and they snuffed him. That sort of thing happens in that part of the world. Here's a great analysis. It's from uh, Dave the Teacher, frequent correspondent. You can email us, by the way, mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. Mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. Or you can text 415-295-KFTC. One thing that I have not seen pointed out about the Saudi journalist killed in the consulate, allegedly, from the standpoint of international law, he was not murdered. The Saudi consulate is sovereign Saudi territory. That's true. Legally, this killing would be no different from an extrajudicial killing of a Saudi in Riyadh, which I'm fairly sure happens all the time without much fuss. Oh, I'm sure, yeah. It is not subject to Turkish law. It's subject to the laws of Saudi Arabia and protesting it is interfering with internal Saudi legal matters. I would interject. That's not to say it's not incredibly unsavory or morally reprehensible. Of course, one of the things that really bothers the Lindsey Grahams of the world is, uh, I mean, they have to be pretend to be pretend to be bothered by the killing of anybody, um, which I, I'm sure they are. But you know, you got to grow up. This happens all the time in that part of the world. It was the it was the doing it in such a way that makes us look bad. Yeah, this yeah this email gets to this and, and gets to that very point. I invite you to remember this event. In 2002, a girls' school caught fire in Mecca. And he sent along the uh, the BBC article about it. And absolutely everything that is about to be claimed was true. As the students fled, members of the morals police squad beat some of the girls and forced them back into the burning building because in their haste to flee, they were not wearing hijabs. Fifteen children died in the fire. Others were hideously scarred. There has been this, uh, that was absolutely true. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's rough. Good morning. Saudi Arabia's religious police stopped schoolgirls from leaving a blazing building because they were not wearing correct Islamic dress, according to Saudi newspapers. Uh, In a rare criticism of the kingdom's powerful Mutaween police, the Saudi media has accused them of hindering attempts to save the girls, etc. Um uh, there has been about a hundred times the outcry about the journalist, as you've pointed out, who is no innocent, than there were about this hideous event. To the pr- press, a reporter, no matter how unsavory, is worth more than the lives of 15 innocent children. I'm not sure I can uh, right. uh, agree with that, uh, Dave the Teacher, but I will tell you this. Um, 
it's a pretty good measure of who the Saudis are. In the end, I think Lindsey Graham is right, but for the wrong reason. Lindsey, who says he can't deal with MSB, the new uh, crown prince there. The kingdom of Saudi Arabia is a brutally repressive evil monarchy and has been so for decades. They are bastards. As long as Iran is a brutally repressive anti-American dictatorship, we need the Saudis to be our bastards. But we need them to be smart bastards, and this episode shows that the current crown prince is not smart enough for the job. I think that's pretty good analysis. Hmm. He's he's out of control. You know, the thing, I was thinking about how to describe the Saudi regime to people who don't follow this sort of thing. Did you watch The Sopranos? Did you watch The Godfather? The Saudi regime is not a, a country like you think countries ought to be or are. It's a giant family crime syndicate that has oil, that has tremendous amounts of oil, and thereby tremendous amounts of 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 wealth and power and they've formed a country around this syndicate and they often act like a mob family they often act like a country too but they're very weird by western standards just how they came to be and how they see the world and how the saud family runs everything and and hands out money to ensure loyalty and strikes uneasy bargains with with despicable fundamentalists It's all very nasty. Golf cart Gale calls cops on black dad at kids' soccer game. These stories are omnipresent now in the media. Right, they're everywhere. Yeah, and it's it's weird. And whenever I hear them, if they turn out to be true, it's just crazy, you know, just craziness. White people calling the cops on black people doing various stuff. And they and then how you label the folder. And then you have to give them a weird nickname. Right. Golf cart Gale, you said? Golf, golf cart Gale calls cops on Black Dad, and it's Sidewalk Betty. Or... This is different from Apartment Patty? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Completely right. different right. people. Yeah. So that's that's interesting. Water that, bottle Wanda. That in addition to calling attention to what, you know, could be a you know a societal problem you want to look at, look at. Yes. White people calling the cops on black people just doing regular things. Right. Giving them a nickname along with that as part of the story is just kind of weird. Well, and another aspect of this is now it's white people calling the cops and then taking great pains to describe what happened in a way that really reinforces the narrative. That's become a thing now. Carefully choosing the facts and leaving some out so it makes the white person look extra stupid because these stories have become very popular. Last week it was the woman that called the cops on a black guy driving a car with some white kids in it. He was the babysitter, turns out. Yeah. Yeah, or the so nanny what, or whatever. What was golf cart Gale upset about? Uh, there was a black dad at a all white soccer game for kids. I guess. Oh wait a minute. There was a black person there. I guess was the reason to call nine one one. Yeah, I don't know. I'm yeah. Ah, who knows what all the details are? Yeah, I'm increasingly skeptical of these stories. So we're going to talk to a guy who's running for governor in the biggest state in the land, California. John Cox. He's the Republican candidate. He's trailing in the polls to one Gavin Newsom, who may be president of the United States someday. Are you going to listen to pollsters? Yes, I am. Are you? Yes. I'm not. (laughs) I said this the day after Trump was elected. For the rest of our lives, everybody's behind will always point to, remember Trump in 2016? Yes. They said he couldn't win, too. That's right. (laughs) They did. (laughs) That'll just be the rest of my life. But anyway, the whole power company shutting down the power to your house, that's an issue I want to ask about. That ain't cool, man. Can't be doing that. 
What are we, Nicaragua or something? Does Nicaragua have those kind of problems? I don't, I don't know. know. They might. Though. I just picked it. They probably do. Let's go with Stay it. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the of, nation. Of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Some of it's in the wake of Kavanaugh. The attempt to do away with the phrase, boys will be boys. Oh, boy. Uh, Including getting into schools and kids and that sort of stuff. So stay tuned for that. Coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. As we attempt to change nature through our enlightenment. Exactly. Yeah, right. Then fine. Ah, right. Ah, I can't stand <laughs> it. So the president <laughs> called a woman horse face yesterday. That's what I understand. You know, I'm told she's a uh, pornographic actress and is uh, suing him and has broken various agreements between them. And nonetheless, it is a tad odd to see the most powerful man in the world. Call somebody horse face. And she responded with, you've got a small penis yes. uh, references throughout her tweets of the day, which is. Just a heck of a conversation for America to have all the way around. Grown-ups, are they out of fashion, too? Boys can't be boys, and grown-ups can't be grown-ups. It's shocking and outrageous. John Cox is running for the uh, gubernatorial ship, the governor's uh, office of California, as a Republican, and joins us now. Mr. Cox, how are you, sir? I'm great. Uh, Great to be with you guys. It's our pleasure. So I must point out that we have attempted to get Gavin Newsom on the show repeatedly. But he's not actually campaigning. He's not actually campaigning because he feels like he can win without... uh, He's trying to hope nobody notices there's a governor race going on. Right, and because he has a D next to his name and everything's going so beautifully. Uh, Why indeed would somebody want to... Before we get into the utility companies cutting off power because it's windy, uh, why (laughs) why would somebody want to vote for John Cox for uh, for governor? Well, because people can't afford a house, they can't afford gasoline, they can't afford electricity. I've met so many people all around the state who are telling me they've got nothing left at the end of the month, and they're living in tiny little apartments. I met a guy down in L.A., uh, Philippe Martinez, who is living in a one-bedroom apartment with four kids paying $1,500 a month. He's got nothing left at the end of the month. Uh, He's one illness away from bankruptcy. Meanwhile, our schools are 47th in the nation. Uh, We're threatened by forest fires, which I'm sure we're going to talk about. And uh, with all this uh, crazy mismanagement going on, Mr. Newsom, you know, is hiding under a rock, doesn't want to debate these issues. And it's all happened on his watch. It's all happened with the political class in Sacramento, which has failed the people of this state, and I think they're going to make their voice heard on November 6th. So let's talk about the utilities now. It's it's catching on. It's a trend from the north to the south of the state, shutting off power if it gets windy. Why are they doing that? What's the, what's the story behind the well, story? You know, let's take a bigger view of this whole thing. Uh, for years, the political class and people like Gavin Newsom have prevented the, uh, any kind of forest management. So they're not clearing out dead or diseased trees. You've got brush building up in these forests, and it's happening, you know, in the Napa Valley area as well as any place else. Uh, meanwhile, there's no fire breaks being uh, uh, built. 
we are building a train to literally uh, no place uh, between Merced and Bakersfield in the Central Valley with billions of dollars. But Cal Fire is still flying uh, helicopters that have bullet holes from Vietnam. So Is that you know, literally uh, true? It is. It is. I've talked. I was up there in Reading visiting and talking to the Cal Fire uh, guys, and people are running up to me and saying, we need better management of these forests. We are being starved of funds. Uh, they got one new helicopter, they told me, and everybody cheered. Meanwhile, most of the helicopters are flying uh, our 70s-era helicopters. And, you know... Boy, you can buy a lot of helicopters for what's being spent on the bullet train. The bull spit train, yeah. And, John, just uh, let me echo that we've heard from many foresters and forest experts who say you're absolutely correct on that. You can either let them burn when they catch fire, or... You can manage the forests. Leaving them completely unmanaged and unnaturally dense is a catastrophic option. You know, ask the people of Redding, uh, Napa, uh, Tahoe, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, uh, Riverside County, LA, San Diego County, please. And then the empty suits like Newsom stand up there and say, oh, gee, it's because of a, two, a 1 or 2% increase in temperature. That's why we have this. Meanwhile, you know, when you have your own little fireplace, if you put a lot of kindling in there, if you put newspapers in your fireplace, what happens? Uh, a roaring fire, right? Because that stuff burns really easily. Well, imagine what happens in a forest where you've got all this grass all over the place. You've got all these dead and diseased trees that are just ready to go up like Roman candles. You're going to have an inferno. That's why you have these hot fires that create actually... Funnel spouts. I mean, the guys up there in those fire, forest fires told me about fire tornadoes that yeah. were formed because it was so hot. That wasn't due to climate change. That was mismanagement of the forest, and it happened on Newsom's watch. And then he makes sure that his contributors like PG&E get all kinds of breaks, and uh, and then they then they go and they shut off the power the people i mean who are trying so to live a life what are you going to do about that are you going to are you going to lead a charge to make it illegal for energy companies to shut off the power unless it's an emergency or something or well, let's face it they ought to be burying their lines in a lot of these forests you know this shouldn't be an issue the other thing that they ought to be doing again it's it, it this wouldn't be that big of an issue if we managed these forests if we cleared out the dead trees if we cleared out the brush if we built fire breaks so that we could stop a fire before it got out of hand. Okay, hey, in the limited time, because we agree with you completely on that, but in the limited time we have, let's hit on another couple of issues. Are you in favor of repealing the gas tax? Is there enough money to fix the roads? Absolutely. Caltrans is a wasteful organization. It spends twice what Texas does to build a mile of road. I've talked to contractors. Wow, slow down on that. So it costs twice as much to build a mile of road in California as Texas. Absolutely. That's incredible. Part of of its regulation, but another part of it is the overstaffing. John Morlach, Senator John Morlach, who is a straight shooter, he's a CPA like I am, he has documented 3,500 extra positions there. And, you know, we've got to tighten up our spending. Newsom and his band of cronies, uh, you know, just sit by and watch and uh, stick their hand in our pocket for more gas tax money because they don't want to reform Caltrans, because those are their contributors. 
And that's the problem. It's all about protecting their contributors and putting California citizens further into poverty. That's going to change on November 6th because we've had enough. What are you going to do to rein in the size of California government? You've got to break this connection between the contributors and the politicians. We have nothing but uh, professional fundraisers in Sacramento, the interest groups. And look, at they're the ones financing Newsom's campaign. You can see the wall-to-wall TV ads on television. Where do you think that money comes from? That comes from these interest groups that know that they're going to get handed out real great uh, deals by Newsom and his cronies. You know, the, the, this state is wonderful, but it's declined on Newsom's watch. Look at what he did in San Francisco. We certainly don't want that to happen to the rest of this state. San Francisco was once a great city. It's now a cesspool, uh, human waste on the street, hypodermic needles, people living on the street. This has got to change. The people of this state have got to vote for better management. It's happened on Newsom's watch. It's going to change on November 6th. John Cox running for governor. He's a Republican in California. John, good to talk to you. Good luck. Great great to be with you guys. Appreciate uh, it. You got it. Yeah. Uh, what was I, I wanted to pick up on something he said. Yeah, the forest, the cesspools, the feces. And uh, that wasn't it. Uh, well, well, there has oh, oh, that's right. It's, it's been driving me crazy. So the teachers union is spending zillions of dollars. To promote their guy for for king of education, whatever that that is, king of education, the uh, director of public education, where's the crown? It's it got the word education in it. You'll recognize it on the ballot. Um, so they're spending unbelievable amounts of money, and their ads are omnipresent. But the funny part of the ads is they're saying out of state billionaires are contributing to elect what's his name, and I haven't heard any of what's his name's ads. So somebody's spending billions of dollars, but it ain't the out of state billionaires. Somebody ought to call them and say, "Hey, dudes, when are you going to break out the credit card?" Because all I'm hearing is the opposite. All that stuff was true about uh, the forests, the homeless situation, the uh, all the kinds of different things. Bloat of government, the bloat of government, and everything like that, and, and and still, you might have another election where not a single Republican is is uh, is elected in a statewide election. So people are just unlikely to change teams based on you know I don't like the direction things are going. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. I just find it interesting from a human nature standpoint. Yeah, and it's also yeah from a cultural standpoint, because there are there are borders, but not really between the states, our the United States. Um, why is California like so wildly blue? It's just odd. What's coming up in your news, Marshall Phillips? Well, we got thousands of Central Americans heading to the U.S. border right now, closing in on the Khashoggi killers and Lindsey Graham mocking Elizabeth Warren's DNA Native American claims. Oh, no. I've heard I of, can't wait. I've heard about that. <laughs> um, Trump said maybe rogue killers killed this guy? Yes. It's yes, rogue indeed. Killer. Do you have anything to back that up? Or Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. If you're hoping to win both of the big lottery jackpots, your chance is 1 in 88 quadrillion. Wow. It's like being mauled by a bear that's riding a shark. 
while having identical quadruplets. <laughs> Inaccurate. My chances are actually zero, not playing. Powerball. That's right, yes. son. Do we have the longer version of that clip, Michael? I cherish it. And the difference in the chance of you winning, not playing at all, and someone else who buys the ticket, you couldn't measure with a microscope. That's true. Yes. Uh, let's get the Watch news. Watch the news. Because I'm a kid, and apparently every time, apparently, Grandpa just gives me a remote after we watch the Powerball. <laughs> <laughs> Fabulous. That's awesome. Let's get the news now with Marsha Phillips. Heading off a caravan, President Trump threatened in a tweet last night to cut off aid to Honduras, Guatemala, and El Salvador if they allow a caravan of some 2,000 migrants that is heading north towards the U.S. border to pass through their countries. I would like to have a debate with somebody of an open border-y feel uh, or or approach to the world uh, about what to do. This is such a stark and interesting case study. You have these couple thousand people heading our way, no legal status. They say our lives are crappy. You got to let us in because we're uh, we're refugees. Right? May or may not be true. I will, for the purposes of this discussion, I will take no uh, position on that. What is your approach to them? And you don't just get to hit me with slogans. There's no such thing as an illegal person. You know these people. They, we need compassion. What do you do? How do you assess who gets in and who doesn't? What is your plan? We uh, have Trump tweeting that we have informed Honduras, Guatemala, and El Salvador that if they allow their citizens or others to journey through their borders up to the U.S. with the intention of entering our country illegally, all payments made to uh, them will stop, all in caps. The president going on to say anybody entering the U.S. illegally will be arrested and detained prior to being sent back to their country, exclamation point. When you give money to these various socialist countries and the, the, the people at the top keep it all, so that doesn't help with the whole caravan, caravans of poor people heading your direction. There is an absolutely fantastic chapter uh, in the Dictator's Handbook, which is a great book about politics and power, describing how aid to corrupt regimes almost always results in the, the perpetuation, the continuing of right. those evil regimes and the evil that they do. And the cry is that, well, you've got to help the people. But as Jack pointed out, that money usually goes to the power class so they can buy the support that keeps in power. And the suffering of the people is actually prolonged and increased net. That's a good one. When you do that. It's it's a super interesting. We'll have a link to the book because there are a couple of books I think by that title. Uh, we'll have a link to it at armstrongandgetty.com. It's it's an absolutely fabulous read and has turned political science on its head. And we also have a scene of the caravan at the Guatemala Honduras border at armstrongandgetty.com. Meanwhile, Turkish police have now arrived at the residence of the Saudi Council in Istanbul to carry out a search over the disappearance and alleged slaying of writer Jamal Khashoggi. They wanted to search yesterday, but they couldn't get permission from the Saudis. They weren't done cleaning. I've been reading some of these horrific accounts of the way he was killed. I'm not buying it. It just doesn't make sense. No, it's straight out of horror comics. And it may be true, but, you know. It just doesn't make sense, though, from a practical standpoint of what they were trying to accomplish. To, to, To spend a great deal of time torturing this guy and killing him. To get him out of there. Right, right. It's it's yeah, it's counterintuitive. I have a very strong feeling what's happening behind the scenes and everything Donald Trump, the president, the guy from The Apprentice, uh, everything he said, everything Pompeo said, all all fits in with this. Here's this dissident 
And what happened to him precisely, I'm not sure. But the crown prince knew about it. And his cronies. Whether the right. old, decrepit king had any idea, I have no idea. But, um, And Pompeo and Trump are saying to them behind the scenes, listen, you morons, you had better be better at your jobs than this, or we're going to have serious problems. We can't be seen holding hands with people who are this ham-handed, brutal, and stupid. And they're trying, the Saudis are trying to craft a story that's not completely embarrassing or a complete right. confession. And, and we're going to try to move forward in the brutal, brutal Middle East with our good buddies, the Saudis, having minimized the embarrassment. Meanwhile, Senator Lindsey Graham joining in the mockery of Senator Elizabeth Warren's there DNA. It's something we can all enjoy. Elizabeth Warren's DNA test You're that, a faker. that revealed she likely had a Native American ancestor six or ten generations ago. The Massachusetts Democrat took the test after months of getting ridiculed by President Trump about her claim of Native American ancestry. Well, Graham told Fox and Friends he thinks he could reveal he's got more Native American DNA than Warren, and he's going to take a DNA test to prove it. I'm taking it, and the results going to be revealed here. This is my Trump moment. This is Why reality TV. Take- <laughs> I just I'm dying to know. <laughs> I'm dying. Can- you know, I didn't really think much about it, but she's less than one tenth of one percent. I think I can beat her. I think I can beat her. Right, and if you do beat her, will you ask for a million dollars from the president, too? No, I want a casino and a million bucks. That's a little insensitive, wow. Lindsay. That was quite something. That's an edgy joke. Uh, funny, but edgy. Uh, listen, the, the, uh, the unveil that Elizabeth Warren did, where she's sitting there smugly talking to the DNA expert, right. and, he says, and she said, the results are... You do have a Native American ancestor. Mm-hmm. She smells smugly. She has half of what the average European American has. She's less Indian than you are. She's one of the least Indian people who's ooching around the globe right now. Everybody's got something in their stew that's, that doesn't look like them or is of another people or another continent. Right. Or everybody but me, by the way. I'm the whitest person who's ever been. Um, so, God, her smug little announcement was just hilariously inept. Well, Harvard should get more of a kicking for using somebody's self-reporting Indian heritage to write their women of color at Harvard article. Ah, uh, let me offer a counterpoint to your counterpoint. How are they going to establish the credibility of those claims? Through DNA tests that, again, Adolf Hitler, you'll enjoy this, test to determine if you got any Jew blood in you or Indian blood. Do you have any black blood? blood in you. Harvard's going to have to scientifically determine that to tout the ethnicity of their professors, which, if you're tracking with me, it just shows how stupid the whole, look at us, look at us, there's a Japanese guy over there. He doesn't look very Japanese. Oh, we've tested the seats. Look at her. She's an Indian. She doesn't look Indian. Oh, she's 164th Indian. You got any black guys? Oh, yeah, over him. Okay, he looks black, so I'll trust that he's black. This is repugnant, people. What are we doing? This is the United States of America. Now we're applying gene tests to figure out if somebody's black enough. What the hell? Dr. King, I apologize. And lastly, saying goodbye, the fictional Connor family mourning the loss of Roseanne Barr's iconic television character. They had the premiere last night at the Connors. In it, the family initially believed Roseanne had died of a heart attack before they found out she had overdosed on opioids. She was only on pain pills for two days after surgery. Then it was just ibuprofen. It's got to be wrong. 
Well, I wish it was, but they think that she must have taken the pills right before bed, and with her health issues, it was enough to stop her breathing. Wait, what? Mom overdose? I thought the bitch was ibuprofen! <laughs> oh, man! <laughs> All right. I that... thought the pills were aspirin. <laughs> That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience. Of but the... you got to prolong the last uh, oh, syllable right. in yeah. that very horsey nasal way of hers. Aspirin. Can we hear that one more time? Just so we can get it yeah. right. Way she I said. thought the bitch was white. Yeah, exactly. Why? Wow. That's not easy to do. I'd have wow. to practice that. Wow, that is not a sexy sound. Right there. <laughs> All right, let's release the bird quickly. There you go. Oh, squawky. What's become of this country? That's the bald eagle we keep chained in the control room to symbolize freedom. <laughs> oh, oh, man. That is something. I was hoping they were going to kill her off by having her do a selfie. She's just walking backwards toward a cliff and just falls off. You falls know? off a cliff or gets eaten by a lion Mom or something Mom was doing like a selfie next to a bison at Yellowstone that, that gored her. Ariana Grande has quit social media. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I love saying that with a serious tone of voice. Also, oh, there is... Hot, burning controversy in Portland, Michigan. Because it's got the same name as Portland, Oregon. Oh, no. Oh, really? Oh, no. Yeah, the the twisted tale coming up in moments. I didn't know Hannity and Ben Sass don't like each other. They got into a Twitter war yesterday. I don't know if anybody called anybody a horse face, but I certainly hope not. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Dennis Hoff died yesterday. I don't know if you know him. We we had him on as a guest many times over the years. He was uh, the he 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 ran a couple of the most famous brothels in America, if not the world. And he apparently died in his sleep. He was discovered dead in his bed by porn star Ron Jeremy. Um, which was is kind of a weird little trivia piece. But here's a picture. Deb Saunders, another friend of the Armstrong and Getty Show, tweeted this out. Here's a picture. Brothel owner partied Monday night at the Pahrump Nugget. And by the way, if you have never Puts been the to Pahrump. back in Pahrump, huh? Pahrump is such a sexy, dirty little town. <laughs> oh, boy. Outside of Vegas. Um, guests included at the brothel partying with Hoff to the point that it killed him, apparently. Uh, Sheriff Joe Arpaio. Ho! Heidi Fleiss. Ron Ron Jeremy. Roger Stone. The political activist operative? And Grover Norquist, the tax hawk. What? Yeah. Was it? What an interesting little gathering of people paying for sex. (laughs) Hoff had, I doubt that was happening. <clears throat> but Hoff had won the primary for the Nevada legislature in his district and was running. So I wonder if it was kind of a campaign slash birthday party function at a brothel with Ron Jeremy. Right. 
Well, it's, you know, they got multi-purpose rooms there. It was at a nugget with a brothel owner, right? Or was oh, okay. it at, was it actually yeah, at the... Okay. Listen to Jack gotcha. slandering these yeah, poor people. Come on. Gotcha. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. There you go. That was that was, that was fake news is what that was. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Mr. Hoff uh, Treat died. Treat him like he's Lamar Odom or something. At least he died surrounded by women who auction off their body openings and pretend to like guys. Including him. Including them pretending to like him. I don't know if you ever saw it. He was their boss. I'd seen that reality show before. The Cat House on the HBO. Yeah, Yeah. and you know, you got all these 22 year olds who had no father pretending to like this old, fat, bald guy because he runs the whorehouse. The whole thing is so tawdry. Yes, it is. And I'm a guy who, if you want to say, hey, dude, you give me $1,000, I'll have sex with you, I think that should be okay between two consenting adults. Sure. But let's not pretend it's not Oogie. Let's not pretend it's glamorous and cool and, and you know, they giggle and they put their hands on him. Ah, you're so fun. You're throwing the party and they dance around him. Oh, come on. Yeah. <laughs> if, if you run the Dennis Hoff life simulation a thousand times, him partying to the point of death being discovered by a sex worker is the most likely outcome. Probably. Every yes. single time. Yes, yes. probably. Uh, it's like those uh, hurricane simulators. <laughs> Or the, uh, what do they call them, where you have the different tracks and stuff, the modeling, the computer modeling. And I'm guessing the, his last thoughts were, I am happy with the way I live my life. That'd be my guess. Having talked to him a number of times over the years. Yeah, he was actually a charming guy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, perhaps you're familiar with the, uh, the tension in Portland, Oregon, Portlandia lately, that the mayor's office and the police, and there's an asterisk next to that statement, and I'll get back to it, but... Permit violent left-wing agitators to perpetuate violence against people and property in Portland. Uh, If you are a lefty, you get to be lawless in Portland. Now, the asterisk, and I've talked to plenty of coppers in your Portlands and your San Francisco's and your universities of California's and uh, enclaves like that. And they've said, you know, dudes, we, we agree with you completely. But if the city government tells us stand down, we can't just go off and do it on our own. It's like civilian control of the military. Um, and frequently there's a power struggle. So you can't f- fault an individual cop. Well, for, why isn't there more uh, speaking out, rising up, quitting, be. Blue, blue line of resignations or something? Because it's a good gig, I guess. I don't know. Um But so anyway, you have the city fathers saying stand down. Then right-wingers come to counter-demonstrate. The left-wingers clash with them, and there is brutality and fighting and bear spray going back and forth. Is bear spray just pepper spray? It's super strong pepper spray. My mom carries it. Specially formulated for bears. My mom carries it when they hike through the woods. Because there are bears there. Right. Indeed. Um, I should get me some, because I, I spend time amongst bears. Um, I haven't seen any personally lately, but uh, you never know. Plus, bear that's bells, my greatest yeah, bear fear. bells. My mom also wears bear bells. I don't. I do try to make noise, though. And I'm more... Uh, like, some body, might... like body noises? An example of what that might be? <laughs> just you hiking, just... <laughs> hey, bears! Hey, bears! Hey, bears! Stay back, bears! My wife, who camped much more as a child than I did is much less concerned about wild animals than I am. I never think about it if I'm when we're out at the night. Woods, yeah. Well, there are bears and mountain lions where we hang out, so it's worth making a little noise, but I'm always the one who makes noise, and she chuckles at me. <laughs> and there are nights, I don't hope she's beset by mountain lions, but I would think it was ironic. <laughs> mm. 
Who's quiet now? Hmm? Wow. Now that you're fighting a mountain lion. Wow. Right? Wow. That's right. Are you? I'll, I'll get him off you, but tell me I was right. <laughs> Admit I was right. <laughs> the bears are who we thought they were. So having set the scene. Oh, God. Having set the scene, uh, the, the situation there in Portland has become very, very controversial. People are angry about it. Because they see lawlessness, uh, choosing sides by the government, uh, growing violence that will absolutely result in in injury or death, not only to participants but innocents, and they see cowardice on the on the part of their government and their police force, and they are venting very angrily at the government and police force of Portland, Michigan. Because people are not, like, reading the whole link or address or that sort of thing and are absolutely blasting the poor government and police department of Portland, Michigan. One-star reviews on their Facebook page, angry tweets, angry Facebook postings, death threats via the U.S. mails, etc. All for Portland, Michigan, where nothing is happening. Wow. Stop it, angry idiots. Stop it. At least target the right Portland. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show.